0: the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Kiara Denae. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 51 of the glory in our stories. Uh, today I'm with Kiara Denae. Yes. Um, I've known her for a couple of years now. We both have overlapping circles, oh, an overlapping circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about, I can't remember, it's been like what, four or five years? Yeah. Since I met you.
1: I wanna say five.
0: And I remember, um, it had to have been, was it with Breakpoint? Mm-hmm. Because it was a lot of people.
1: Yeah. A lot we were, of people I in think I group. went to Sheena's house.
0: Yeah. That's when they had that, um, they, they had a house and they had like this small tree. Yes. In the living room. A whole tree. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> um, but the, the camaraderie that came from that, I've never experienced that in my life. Yeah, so meeting wow. people like you and Sheena and Adrian, like I was, I was like, how often do you get an opportunity like this? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we met at, um, through Breakpoint, which was a, a fellowship opportunity for young adults. And it got us an opportunity to um, connect and network, uh, but more importantly, become more relational with people our age. Yes. Um, and get an idea how different our lives are, but yet similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiara was uh, very outspoken as she is now. Um, and I actually find that very admirable in a lot of people when they're just being straightforward, but at the same time considerate. Yes. And um, that I know that's a, a medium hard to uh, to juggle, but um, you, amongst other people that I've met, do that quite effectively. And um, seeing you grow over the years, become a mom, a parent. <laughs> that's so funny because at yeah. some point we're we're as kids. You know, one day I'm going to be a parent, and then bam, it happens. It happens. And I know that's a lot of experiences that you have, especially being a mom of a boy. Um, I always, that thrills my heart because that's the relationship I have with my mom. And I can only imagine, um, I can probably, I can't count, not even on a calculator, how much hell i will (laughs) cause my mom. (laughs) But you all have done a tremendous job, uh, the strength that you endure and that you carry, yeah. and that you pass on to us. It's, uh, it's something we'll never forget. I can tell you that now. Um, but thank you for your time. I want to go ahead and thank you for doing that. Yes. I know it's not the easiest thing to do, uh, but... <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah. But taking an hour out of your life uh, to tell your story, um, I really appreciate that. I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear because we miss out on opportunities uh, to speak to share and to receive. And this is an opportunity for people to receive what you have. Um, But then, um, and the reason one that really intrigued me about asking you to be on the episode, well the podcast, was the most recent conversation that we had amongst friends about a particular topic. Mm -hmm. And I realized we haven't really sat down and spoke like in the last five years like that. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult. I mean, during that conversation, we had to talk to you via Skype or (laughs) FaceTime. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it's just not the same. So, uh, well, first of all, how how have you been?
1: I've been good. Um, Growing. Mm. Uh, At a standstill, but at a good standstill. Yeah. Um, At a point of evaluating. A lot has happened. So right now, I'm at a place of looking at everything that happened and seeing where those pieces fit together. Yeah. Um, I know I'm at a place where if I make decisions without thinking first, it costs me
2: mm-hmm.
1: greatly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and now, my son is not even two. I can't just make decisions like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a place where I'm thinking, okay, the next move, what does it need to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I have went through or learned so far How can I put that together to make the next move Yeah. So I'm literally at a standstill, but at a good one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Calculating. (laughs) Formulating.
0: You sound like you're a lot more strategic than you were when you were younger. Yes. Yeah.
1: child would do that to you. (laughs) It will. (laughs) A baby will do that.
0: So uh, were you, speaking of babies, were you born here in Augusta?
1: No. I was born in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Pennsylvania. Um, But Augusta feels like home. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You miss Philadelphia? Um, Oh, it's Philly, as they call it.
1: (laughs) I miss the culture of Philadelphia. Yeah. The rich history and just the plethora of things to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Other than that, family. Mm -hmm. All of my family is in Philadelphia. My mother came down here with her children, and that was it. And the clothes on our back. A few bags of clothes, and that was it. So all of my family is in Philadelphia. Besides that, no. (laughs) I love to visit, but that's it for me
0: as
1: far as Philadelphia goes. A lot of bad memories.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how it was for my family in in Arkansas. Same scenario. Mom, that's where the bulk of our family was, but Mom had to make a decision Mm -hmm. for her kids. And we weren't happy with it. Obviously, because that's, that's that's family. Yes. Um, but in retrospect, probably the best decision she ever made from mm-hmm. uh, from our point of view. Mm-hmm. Wow, we we thank you so much.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: so many opportunities came from that. Um, if we would have stayed home, don't tell them what would have happened. Um, but it's funny you say that about Philadelphia. That's one of the places that I've never been.
2: Okay.
0: I, I've never been further north than um, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, see? coming. <laughs> that's sad. No
1: That's sad No That's so sad um, I definitely say visit Yeah Please do Um, A lot to learn Liberty Bell City Hall mm-hmm. They have tours where they reenact it And you're walking and they have You know the voices on the wall And the shadows wow. And the, it's beautiful um, Have somebody that's familiar with Philadelphia So they mm-hmm. can tell you what street not to go down Yeah. <laughs> Other than that please visit Please visit I love to visit
0: so what are some things about augusta that you really enjoy other than the fact that you it it's grown into your home
1: well i moved down here 14 years ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: augusta was different than it is now yeah <laughs> i unfortunately got to see that change mm-hmm. from everybody saying hi you know just feeling like everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. Um, you could tell that a lot of people from up north kinda integrated out here. i <laughs> uh, meet a lot more people that say they're from up north. Yeah. When I bump into people. But um there's a piece here mm. in Augusta that wasn't in Philadelphia. Um I think I lived in the projects of of Augusta First. Yeah. Um, of Laney Walker. And this was considered bad neighborhood projects, that's what we could afford when we first got here.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I still had never seen a cop car like the first month that I lived here. Wow. Like, I was amazed. <laughs> I came here um, about three months shy of turning 16. Mm-hmm. So I was still a teenager, a little baby. Um, I was amazed. I would hear sirens but I never seen a cop car and this was coming from a place in Philadelphia where Seeing cop cars and things was just every day the norm. Yeah. Hearing gunshots at night, it was just the norm. So it was peace here.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: I got here, I was. It was December. I was on the porch in shorts. People were barbecuing for <laughs> Christmas. It was.
0: That's Georgia for you.
1: It was a shock, but a good one. Mm-hmm. It gave me um, hope.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, being in Philadelphia, it was like this is all it's gonna be. This is life, you know. Mm-hmm. Always ducking and dodging, and when I came down here, I'm like, no, you know. <laughs> Everybody's not living like that. Yeah. Uh, Augusta gave me. I uh, gave me hope, for uh-huh. peace. I slept good at night. <laughs> <laughs> so Augusta still is peace for me.
0: Mm-hmm. How yes. was your? Uh, so when you, you came down here, when you said 16. Yes. So did you have to leave high school like midway and then come
1: here? Yeah, I started ninth grade down here.
0: Okay. Wow. So
1: I started high school here at um, Laney Walker.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It was tough. Um, I learned that the curriculum was, I was a little behind. Mm. Uh, You get that no child left behind in Philadelphia. It kind of coddled me a little too much. When you get down here, it's like pass. We didn't have Georgia. We didn't have a a graduation test up there. Um, We just had our end of term test that you take. You take it, you pass the next. You know, to the next grade. And here, those exams and end of semester tests and the graduation test was (laughs) like what? Yeah. So it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. High school was was. Um, but it's it's I'm still grateful for the move. Yeah, I know it would have been worse in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, definitely grateful, and like you said, grateful for your mother moving. Yeah, yeah. None of my family appreciated it, of course. I was young, so um, we visited Aiken before we moved here, mm-hmm. and that was just so country to me. I'm like, why would you want to move here? <laughs> I mean, the first time I visit. Somebody told me I was eating uh, beef stew and it was raccoon. And then I see somebody <laughs> like beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was tearing up a bowl of beef stew. And it was Aww. like that's coon. And I was like Damn. flipped out. <laughs> and 30 minutes later somebody called like hey we've seen a deer hit and we're going to bring it in. And I seen a deer stripped down. This was Aww. my first visit to the South I'm like why would you want to move nice. here <laughs> Then I went to <laughs> Philadelphia And we were in a corner store And got caught in crossfire Wow And uh, somebody coming out the store Somebody shooting in the store at them Smoke You could smell it um, A bunch of kids in the store at school I had to put the kids in the back And crawl to the front and use the phone, and call my mother, who was maybe three blocks down the street, Mm -hmm. and um, tell her what was happening. Somebody was shooting up the store. Um, After it died down, it's just gold shells all over the floor, outside, inside. And uh, walking home, I see my mother coming towards me, and I'm going towards her, and I'm just breaking down, like, I'm ready to go, I don't care, (laughs) aching, deers, roast beef, raccoon. I don't care. I don't care what I have to eat. Yeah, it's time to go.
2: Yeah,
1: and that right there made her just pack up everything like, let's go. We took Amtrak down here, mm. and that was it.
0: That sounds like a, a scene from uh, Luke Cage or something. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: I wrote a lot of stories based on um, those things. Seeing people kill, I've seen people kill themselves. Wow. Um, just at the post office somebody starts shooting you see a body drop and this is 15 or younger mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen anything since I've been in Augusta <laughs> yeah. and I'm grateful that my son won't have to see those things mm-hmm. so I thank my mom for moving down here she changed a lot Yeah. changed the course of life
0: so how were you able to get that Get through that because I know a lot of people could be highly effective highly negative,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: sinister. Like having to undergo all of that.
1: For one god, yeah. I had a grandmother who was not playing at. <laughs> 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 oh, praying grandmother, as they say. Um, I wrote stories. Mm-hmm. I stayed writing and reading, and I believe I always contribute that to. Um. Not letting my negativity kind of fester in my head. Because I always, when I had those thoughts, i write a story. Some of my stories were violent or traumatizing. Yeah. But I would walk away from them fine. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I would say my characters kind of took the burden of what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, moving around, I've kind of lost those books. I had composition books full of stories that I wish... I could get back in my hands <laughs> and kind of rewrite, or you know, see what they were about. Yeah. Um, but writing and God is what kept me from going in dark places. And I have gone to dark places. I've had to get counseling as a kid in Philadelphia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I was molested. It wasn't until I got here that I forgave him mm-hmm. and moved on completely from that. Uh. Um, God in writing. That's why I have young kids now that I try trouble, I encourage them to write.
0: Yeah,
1: write a story, give it to the character. You know, so I don't write anymore right now because I have a a little 15 month old story of my <laughs> own. <laughs> but as soon as I get the opportunity, I would love to write again.
0: I like, I like what you said. You said give it to the character. Give it to the character. And. Because anybody can look at it like, man, that's selfish. Like, no, 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 it's not. Because that's the reality. But I've never heard anybody actually pointed out that way. Like, every, all this weight, give it to the character. Like, let them have it. Let them experience it. It's like you're releasing it. You're releasing it to a fictional character about a realistic situation. And there's a complexity in that in itself, but it's therapeutic. And... I, would have, I wish I was interested in something like that back then, because back then my mindset was completely different. Mm-hmm. But now I'm curious because I'm pretty certain that I was sat next to somebody that lived life like that. Like that's an everyday thing for me. Because mm-hmm. There was a certain area in Thompson where it's just you don't, a lot of stuff went down there. Like one girl got, I think she was 12 or something and they were shooting up a club, caught a bullet in the head and that was it, that was the end of her life. Yeah. And she wasn't even the target. Mm-hmm. So having someone experience life that way and understand just how quickly it can be removed, I mean, it's uh, it, forms, it causes you to form an appreciation for where mm-hmm. you are what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never heard anybody put it that way. I mean, you can read a book, you say, obviously, this character is just jam-packed with everything that this writer has infused in them, but the yeah. concept is just giving it to the character. I and like I, that. And I
1: just... That was just kind of a realization to me myself.
0: Yeah.
1: For someone that asked me, I've never been asked. You know, where did, where did all that emotion or those thoughts go as a, as a kid? And that it went to those characters. Mm. Um, when I was angry, my character was violent. Yeah. When you're reading a story, you can kind of oh, this book is good. You know.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but if I was to do it as a human, mm. I'm a bad person. I, you know, sometimes people can't deal with outbursts of emotion. Yeah. For me to just you see it in movies, for me to just take a chair and bash it up. That's how you feel sometimes.
0: Yeah.
1: But can you really do it? And somebody'll come over to you and say, It's okay, let it out. No. No. They're <laughs> like, Oh my God, she's crazy. Who's gonna pay for that chair? Yeah. <laughs> my character can do it though. And somebody'll read the book and say, Oh man, you know, she's hurting or you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But I thank God as a kid, I knew to put it in a story. Yeah. And I do want they plan to find some of those stories and publish them if I can. Yeah. But yeah, my mom would read some of my stories as a kid and be like, you did not write this. Yeah, I, I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I'm feeling, sister, yeah. you know? So, <laughs> gratefulness, I'm grateful to God for that.
0: Now, did you, any of your friends read your material?
1: Um, yeah, I've had people read it. I, I wrote one as an adult, uh, maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. um, about a woman who uh, thought her father had killed her mother, but she was so young she didn't know the whole story. I started it. I was, ang- I was feeling uncomfortable at that point in my life, mm-hmm. so I started writing. Um, I didn't finish it <laughs> I didn't finish it but I kind of started dealing with it in reality yeah. which wasn't good because I made some choices that weren't good mm-hmm. so I should have kept writing <laughs> I should have kept writing um, but we live and learn
0: Yeah.
1: I have not many regrets that's good so um, yeah I'm grateful for that
0: it's funny because um with that as a creative you you sympathize more with your characters because you know how human their experiences are and for you to actually choose action opposed to choosing the act of writing Mm -hmm. it, it it places you in your story in a sense and which is makes it even more much more easier you to write say hey, this is how this this is how i'm feeling so this is how my character feels
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i i used to just look at a piece of literature or anything and just say this is what it is but it is an actual extension of you mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not pretty and it's not <laughs> it's not the most beautiful thing in the world but like you said there's a difference between actually acting it out like you said know on the movie screen where mm-hmm. people would spend money millions of dollars to see somebody go crazy yes opposed to seeing somebody in real life and say oh something's wrong with this person this person is experiencing the same hurt that yes. this actor uh displayed on the movie screen yeah, Which,
1: walking around in silence
0: yeah and it, it's just as real it's just as valid mm-hmm. So uh, and this is now all of this. These are things that you're experiencing as a teenager, or this? Yes. Is, wow. Yeah.
1: As a teenager, um, childhood was gloomy. I always was a thinker, mm. so I could never just. I was never relaxing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, always wondering about bills with my mother, mm. who was a single mother. Um. I think it had its. its um, it was positive and negative at the same time. As an adult, I had rebellious um, moments mm-hmm. where I felt like as a kid, all I did was have to think or go through trauma. I just want to be carefree. And then as an adult, they're like, you can't just be carefree.
0: <laughs> no, you can't.
1: You're 21. You can't just sit in the room and play the game all day because you want to be 15 again. Yeah. So. Um, I'm grateful that I don't have a I lost my childhood complex mm-hmm. I don't feel that way because I learned so much from it I learned so much from it and I know now I'm raising my son
2: yeah.
1: he may not write like I write mm-hmm. so you know sometimes when children express themselves we get like don't do that you know why are you having a fit Well he might need to have a fit You know
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: know that if something happens in his life That's abnormal and he decides to tear his room up We'll have to have a talk About (laughs) Him not tearing up things that don't belong to him
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah
1: But I can't say I would stop him in his fit of rage Mm -hmm. Because Walking around with it on your back It's not good
0: My mom did that once When she allowed that to happen with us Mm -hmm. And um we yell to say, hey, you do whatever you want, go in your room, just have at it. Whatever it takes for you to get that out. Mm-hmm. You need to get it out. Because if out. not, then you're going to be in a destructive state and a human being's going to be in your path. So I'd rather you take it out on that TV than to take it out on your sibling or whatever. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and my mom was like that as well with me. It's like, you, I don't think you understand. You're tearing up stuff that I bought. But <laughs> you, need to, you need to fix this. Um, But, yeah, I think parents giving their opportunity, their kids the chance to vent. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of which, how do you think, what difference do you see between the way you were brought up and within the realm of expressing yourself versus kids nowadays? Do you think there's a difference?
1: I do. Um, It's a lot, I think a lot of children now are self-soothing themselves yeah um you see a two-year-old with a pacifier everybody's like that baby's too big to be <laughs> self-soothing yeah um but you see a 13 year old um who never leaves the game
2: mm-hmm.
1: leave dinner early never wants to just sit and talk amongst family he'd rather be in his room in the game family time is not family time He'd rather be in a room in a game. That, to me, is the same thing. Yeah. He's replacing mom and dad with the game. He's replacing time outside with the game. He's self soothing. Mm-hmm. So when I see this and they say, kids just get kids, they want to be in the TV or the game. No. You need to see why he'd rather play the game than play board games with the family. Yeah. So when I was younger and I started having issues... I was offered counseling therapy, and mm-hmm. my mom had no shame in saying you need to go see somebody. Yeah. And I appreciated that because I literally wanted to be a therapist, a counselor when I was growing up because I told my counselor a lot of stuff yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that I felt I couldn't tell my mother, mm-hmm. but it helped me process it.
2: Yeah. I'm the
1: type of person, the more I talk, I kind of come up on revelation like, oh, that's why I did that. Okay. Um, uh, I think a lot more counseling needs to be done with these children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think people will learn a lot more about their child if they didn't let themselves sue with electronics. Yeah. And get some counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, reading. Um, I don't I, I don't even remember the last time I seen a child. Just with the book. I can't either. Just with a book, the libraries are empty.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I would love to see less electronics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a child will sit for hours and watch other kids express themselves on YouTube
0: that says a lot,
1: then express themselves,
0: yeah.
1: And um, it saddens me. Even my sister, she sings, she dances, but she'll rather watch the kids on the YouTube dance and sing and I'm like, you can have your own YouTube channel. <laughs> put a song together.
2: Yeah.
1: Put a routine together. Record yourself, you know? We lack um ability to um pay attention.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really
1: there. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the parents as parents we get caught up in the electronics as well. So the effort is not there to get a, get your child to talk to you.
0: Yeah.
1: So my son, I call Sonny, would <laughs> definitely have limited time on electronics. Um, I would definitely be the mother that says, come on, let's play a board game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just by playing Monopoly, you might find out your child can't count.
0: <laughs> no, that's true.
1: <laughs> it's things that you need to be paying attention to. Your yeah. child can't count money. Okay, well, let's play Monopoly. You don't know that because you're on your phone and he's in his room on a PlayStation. Mm. Um, I didn't have that when I was younger. And I played PlayStation. I've been a gamer all my life. <laughs> but I had uh, my grandmother to talk to me. We played a lot of board games. I found out I couldn't count by playing Monopoly. <laughs> oh,
2: <wow.
1: laughs> I learned how to count better playing Monopoly. Um, my mother took me to the library got us chapter books um, she would be more frustrated that we finished our chapter books in two days and she would have to go back to the library um, but it was effort
0: yeah plus that was a good problem uh, which you don't yeah. see nowadays don't see no.
1: no let a child see a library card in the back of the book what is this <laughs> <laughs> it's foreign effort effort is foreign nowadays Everything's so easy
0: now speak- speaking of effort, there's obviously a lot of a lot of effort has to be considered in maintaining relationships now within this time span, even going back to when we first met our circle of friends, has that diminished for you, or has it gotten smaller due to your life changing and the life changing of of us, or do you think? it may have been something bigger or something
1: um, less I've never been one to have a circle of friends
0: yeah
1: uh, I would consider myself a loner mm-hmm. um, which everyone says you're the life of the party but I like to be the life of the party while I'm there Yeah. and when I leave I'm gone <laughs> <laughs> um my circle of friends have always either been church or family mm-hmm. that's it um you guys have become associates and friends that I still do keep in touch with mm-hmm. um we don't because our lives are so different, we don't hang out
2: as much, yeah um I keep
1: my circle family i can't I cannot say that I have a circle of friends um that are close, you know mm-hmm. that know my personal business or vice versa um never been a friend type of person not that i don't know how to be a friend yeah i just i think as a kid i was always so disappointed
0: that
1: i keep the opportunity for disappointment arm's length
0: i can totally relate
1: and that's why when i say i don't have a lot of regrets that's not always a good thing
0: yeah
1: um because Not having a lot of regrets could mean I missed a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I know that the older I get, I'm like, oh man, I probably missed a lot of opportunity.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I draw people to me. Yeah. And those people stay in my life. Mm -hmm. So I have maybe three friends from high school going to Laney that um, just connected, I connected with. Yeah. That are now, I can call them friends. But it's just been those three people since <laughs> high school. <Yeah. laughs> and I can say, you know, those are our friends. But I've never been one to want to be in the crowd mm-hmm. or want to be in the center of attention. So I never really had a bunch of friends or was popular. I stated myself drawing, writing. Um, those people, I would uh, sit in the corner. Um, I think one friend i Connected with her because I invited her to church in like ninth grade. She's like, You want to go to church? I'm like, Yeah, you want to go to church? I got a van that comes to my house. Like, I was always bold, and
2: Mm -hmm.
1: ever since then, we've been friends to this day. Um, so yeah, I have a few friends that I've drawn to me. Maybe one I'm open to a circle of friends, (laughs) but I know that
2: uh,
1: I had to deal with being so afraid of disappointment first. I'm not over that. So I would be more fearful of um, getting involved with friends and then kind of shooting them down or um, affecting the relationship because I don't trust good. So to sum that up. I don't have a circle of friends, but I have a few people that I meet along the way that I stay in touch with.
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I'm okay with that for now.
0: It's funny because my, whenever I would have, like I'd be a part of an event, for a while I didn't invite my friends. Um, The reason being is because I knew people that invited other people and they never showed up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't want to experience that. I don't want to invite you and look out and you're not there. Mm -hmm. So, and for a while, I didn't want to invite my mom. to like, when I played baseball, I didn't want her her there. Number one, because I didn't want to feel like a mama's boy. Mm Because my dad, you know, all the other players, I saw their fathers. Most of them, Mm -hmm. or rather. But with mom, if mom showed up, that's the only parent that's going to show up. So, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy or that boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And going back that was an opportunity that I missed out on because my mom could have seen me play more
2: mm-hmm. but
0: she respected that And but I told her uh, like a couple of years I said I really wish that I didn't do that because that was a, an opportunity for us to bond mm-hmm. over something like this you know but I did the same thing and I perfectly understand because you don't that hurts no matter how young how old you are that it hurts and when you don't want it to happen you do try to avoid it as much as possible
1: you know and, uh, because of my childhood, um anything like that I avoid, um I had a lot of death in the family when I was younger. <sighs> to this day, I am petrified and yet obsessed over death kind of, yeah, which I don't want to seem weird, but
0: <laughs> yo, I perfectly understand uh where p r was coming from, um not in the sense of dealing with death that close. You know, uh, up close and personal, but the concept of it, and I can honestly say that I, I think that most of us are afraid of how we die, opposed to just dying overall, and um, because none of us want to suffer. Kiara actually goes into detail about a situation that she was in with her family, uh, where the police was looking for uh, a suspect, and the suspect actually ended up. In their home with her and her family and dealing with that Um, it makes you ask the question what do you do in this situation Um, but yeah continue to listen to episode 51 of the glory in our stories with Kiara
1: I realized to this day I had the complex like I'm going to die any day now Mm -hmm. and despite Augusta being a peaceful place and me forgiving a lot and being free I realized that even at 27 years old, 28 years old, I kind of still carry that with me. Mm. And it's something that I still have to deal with. Um, In December, I was hit by a drunk driver, totaled my car. I mean, devastating. And uh, that made me realize it's a lot that happens to me, and I'm still here. So, maybe you should want to get rid of the, you know, any day now. Yeah. Last year, I had a um in traffic. Someone um, pointed a gun, a gun at me in their car. And, I mean, this was on just last year. I had no incidents in Augusta. I was living the life in Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> but just that one year, I had a gun pointed at me, and I was hit by a drunk driver. And it just made me realize, like... All year, all these years I had been living like, oh my God, I heard something. Oh my goodness, my house, lock the doors. You know, almost yeah. like a could be any moment now. Yeah. And then when those things happen, I'm like, I lived all those years like that. I'm still here. <laughs> so I'm still dealing with a lot of me, a lot of revelation, mm-hmm. um, embracing self-awareness. And I try not to push it on people. Now, really? when people give me excuses, I'm like, no, 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 tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Were you late because of this or because you really just took your time? You know? Yeah. I'm learning to embrace that in myself, to be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I can be honest with my son, so I can show him to be honest. Um, life is complex, man.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's complex. Mom can tell you everything. Oh. I find myself saying that very often. Yeah, having my son and, and past relationships, I'm like, oh, mom couldn't tell me this part. <laughs> I had to get here and see it for myself.
0: Yeah. So. That was a lot. That was a lot of things mom didn't tell us for his <laughs> reasons. She just she wanted us to know. Tell you. Yeah, like it's just some things she just can't teach you. You are just gonna have to. And even now. Even when I was getting older and you get to that point where your mom's like, I'm going to let you
2: figure this out.
0: And, um, but yeah, it is. And um, speaking of that, I'm going to go into another uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you because this is based off my experience. and I think I've told you this before. When I was young, speaking of being in, I guess, for lack of better terms, ch- church mm-hmm. culture, the church that I grew up with, in, we were the only black family there. Okay. But I was young. And we went every Sunday, almost every Wednesday, every event they had, we went to. So going to church was routine. So everything that was done, I thought that was it. That was the standard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I didn't notice everything that was going on around me. My mom mm-hmm. did. My sisters did. But I was the youngest, and I just thought this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we touched base on during our conversation was expectations from the younger generation, the older generation, and just things in church church culture that just seem questionable. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And of all places, this should be a place of solitude. This should be a place that anybody's welcome. But through our experiences, I feel like the exclusion is getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So what has been your experience as far as developing, like as from the moment you were young when you were a child versus mm-hmm. your adulthood in relation to the church
1: <clears throat> um, structure, I find myself now wanting to go right into a church and say, "What's your structure first? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what's your foundation? Um, I wish I could see it written down somewhere, like a, almost like a creed. Like, yeah. this is what this church is about anything other is extra
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've so growing up when I was younger in church my aunt was the pastor uh, my great aunt Yeah. and my grandmother went to this church and my mother raised us in this church um, helping hand prayer mission in Philadelphia it had structure
0: Yeah.
1: you knew who was preaching, you knew who said what went down there <laughs> um you knew who couldn't make decisions. Mm. You knew who was vegan, who was a missionary. Um, it was structure. Mm. Anything that was extra was a second service or you know, a guest choir, yeah. a guest church. It was simple. It was structure. I'm grateful for it. Um my aunt's church. Um extremely grateful for it i know what church should feel like Mm -hmm. and i know that when it's when i feel uncomfortable or some added pieces in there
2: yeah
1: when that's not right (laughs) i feel like nowadays too many people will try to modernize church and we do have to change the way that we speak to the generation because it's so much so different than yeah. even just my generation
2: yeah. you
1: can't go in there singing hymns and keep their attention <laughs> but the word of God should never change that's true that should never be altered even to this day because of the structure that I was raised under I'm like I'm reading King James Version that's it <laughs> <laughs> if I do read another version I'm comparing it to the King James but yeah. um, because we like to fit a lot of extra in there and we call it modernization or trying to reach the younger people. Mm-hmm. But if that old way reached me as a youth, it can reach yeah. this youth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the way parenting is now with lack of structure or, you know, kids everywhere doing anything. Something needs to have structure. And I think it should be the church. Something should be um, regular, habitual. Um, And that's not saying that I embrace tradition in the church. Like, oh, we can't add anything. It just needs to be this. But no matter what went on my life in Philadelphia, I knew we were going to church on Sunday.
2: Yeah,
1: I knew we would be in church on Friday. Uh, No matter what, we could literally go through something. I'm like, are we still going to church? Yes, we're still going to church. (laughs) Okay. But that was structured. I knew it would be there. To this day, my bishop and my pastor from Philly is there.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And it needs to be outreach. We used to feed the homeless at um, Bethlehem Holy Temple in Philadelphia. As odd as it seems, that was an escape for me as a kid,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: just knowing it's the day we feed the homeless. This is what we do. We're doing it because, you know, Jesus would want us to reach out and help people. I believe we still have that. Yeah. Nowadays. But, um, it's just a lot of extra
2: <laughs>
1: that shouldn't be there. Um, speaking to people, they just want to hear the word. A lot of people now like Bible study instead of Sunday service. Yeah. And I'm becoming one of them, which is odd to me because I was raised in church. Yeah. But I just want that word. I want to ask questions. I want to be able to ask, raise my hand and say, "Well, you know, you said this. Does this mean this today?" Yeah. As fast as the world is, the world is going. It's kind of hard to identify what he meant back then versus now.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, study thyself to to be approved is important you got to study for yourself Mm -hmm. if you're not getting it anywhere else the Bible is on the phone I open (laughs) it sometimes when I kind of start doing my own thing (laughs) 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 so that I could remember um, that structure
2: yeah
1: we need structure Um, it needs to be in place in churches does your elders run a church Is your pastor 25 and your youth pastor is 20? Okay, well, where's the elders in the church? Anyone kind of sets that foundation in the church? This will not be tolerated. Uh, This will not be skipped in the Bible. Um, Is the church conforming to make sure everybody is comfortable in the church? That's not structure. And uh, a lot of things that I did in my own will... When I went to church, my pastor didn't mind correcting.
0: Yeah.
1: And that conviction is what fixed what was wrong in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't go to church and feel comfortable. He's going to let me know. Yeah. And um, I've visited churches that don't have that. Just having my, my son, my, I could never get on the choir pregnant. Yeah. I didn't want to. As soon as I decided I was going to be grown, I left the choir <laughs> backsliding um, because of that conviction. Mm-hmm. But you see it at other churches. it in the choir. Pastor don't say anything. Um, homosexuality in the church, ministry operating. Pastor doesn't say anything. Just missing structure. Mm-hmm. structure. If I could urge anyone to... Find a church with this main thing in it: is structure. Yeah. If your pastor can't tell you what he will not tolerate versus what he will, this should be a problem.
0: It sounds like a lot of, uh and this just from my experience, my observation. It sounds like a lot of pastors are more concerned about being Political correct mm-hmm. than biblically correct. Because mm-hmm. nowadays, a lot of us, even especially this current generation, very, very, very sensitive. Yes. And it's like, you can't really say anything. But if, and people mistake your honesty for lack of sympathy. And it's not that. It's not that. But if nobody's going to tell the truth, if nobody's going to be honest, then who will? And if anybody needs to be, it definitely has to be the pastor. It has to be. And because he is the vessel. And one thing I do admire about a pastor is when a pastor can look at God's Word and say, I am not above this. I am just a messenger.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: don't have to receive this from me. If you want, you can go here, you can go there. That's fine. But I am here to show this to you, to be a, 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 a reflector. And um, I don't like it when a lot of pastors embody uh, the idea that I am the only way, you know, and I am the solution mm-hmm. to the much bigger solution. Uh, But again, I've I've noticed that a lot lately and the pastors that are willing to step outside of themselves and say, I don't, I'm just blessed to be a a part of this much bigger concept. And those things I never really knew, everything you're talking about, Mm -hmm. never really knew it existed in church because I just thought church was just church. there's everything of that is just opposite. so it stays on the outside. but it's, it's like camps once it gets in, it's very hard to see because everything else overshadows it. All the extra stuff. So um, but I never I never knew that exists. I never knew church hurt exists. I tell this to Adrian all the time. I never knew <laughs> that that was a term until people started saying it more frequently and I'm like, this has to be legit.
1: But I always wonder that line from church hurt. Is it because you were offended by church members? Or were you in the wrong and the church Mm -hmm. member corrected you?
0: See, that's a gray area. (laughs) It's gray. Yeah. Because
1: um, I dealt with homosexuality. Mm -hmm. I I was at one point dating females. I knew I could not go to my church
2: yeah.
1: talking about dating a female. If my pastor didn't pull me to the side and pray for me and talk with me, I knew that he was not skipping the part in the Bible that spoke on that. Yeah. So I would be convicted. And that's important to have that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because when I decided that I was choosing Jesus and what he said Versus how I felt And I knew that I wanted to be delivered From that lifestyle I knew where to go
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I knew where to go I was living in Philadelphia At the time I didn't know anyone knew that I was dating women Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I went to my church And I thought it was a secret I was waiting to pull my pastor aside Tell him what I was dealing with And I was confident that he would know what to do my The missionaries and my pastor already knew from my mother talking to them, praying for her. I didn't know,
0: yeah,
1: and it wasn't until I was delivered and through that that the missionaries you know would come to me and say, "I'm so proud of you, we have been praying for you all this time, and I'm looking like, my mom told you oh my goodness, but I never felt um treated different. Mm-hmm. I never knew, had an inkling that they knew. That I was dating women.
2: Yeah.
1: No one ever. T- they were just silently praying for me. And when it was all said and done, I was I wasn't offended that they knew. I was shocked. <laughs> I thought that it was my little secret, and that I had got through this thing and delivered on my own.
2: Yeah.
1: And my church structure, the missionaries, my pastor were praying for me. And to this day, that's these are why this is why I'm so strong on the structure, because I know it works my grandmother praying for me my missionaries and my pastor and nobody's beating me down which i know people get that beat down i just was lucky enough to have that circle that didn't beat me down but i knew where to go and people need to know where to go there's a lot of people who want to change i don't want to smoke this weed no more you know i don't want to gangbang no more but where do they know that they can go see your church and get that silent prayer that in the back room prayer
2: yeah. and
1: nobody hear it after that you know mm-hmm. so that old school way of <laughs> praying for somebody um churching as they say yeah. it doesn't need to go away no matter how we modernize reaching out to the people i don't care if we learn how to fly helicopters and you know <laughs> reach people that way When they finally come, it needs to be that back-in-the-room prayer that makes the difference. Yeah. That on your knees, you know, Mm -hmm. that checking up on somebody. Nowadays, nobody checks up on you. If you're gone for three weeks, they just wait till you come back in. Oh, I ain't seen you in three weeks. (laughs) Did you call me? (laughs) Is there somewhere here in this church that calls people, that goes missing for three weeks?
0: Wow.
1: You know? So... I pray that my church can be that light Mm -hmm. and wherever i go i can be that light. that back in the day church yeah light
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny hearing somebody in 2019 talk about what was conventional and tradition and saying it does it still works because a lot of younger people like no it ain't working for me and i'm like well the elements are still there those are solid elements because that's the foundation in which it was built so it still works no matter how no matter what you do on the house the windows you add no matter whatever the porch you add on that foundation is still solid it's
1: supposed to be the same how can you modernize prayer
0: (laughs) shorten it probably
1: (laughs) (laughs) use some new words in it Um, it still needs to reach heaven still need to be sincere in your heart. I would love to see that more. All to cause. To try to take that out of church.
2: Yeah.
1: It wastes time. Testimonial service. As a kid, I got excited about testimonial service. I didn't even know half of what they were talking about. <laughs> but it was something to see everybody share their story and people get blessed by it.
2: Yeah.
1: Nowadays, there's no testimonial service too many people takes too much time people get carried away any kind of excuse praise and worship it's changed church has changed church has changed
0: it's changed a lot
1: and I think the older people in the church feel like they can't say that Yeah. why are you taking testimonial service away like, can you imagine someone older, they've always had testimonial service. Mm-hmm. And then everyone is new, young in the church. We're going to take testimonial service away. Can that older person go, can I see the pastor and ask him why? And get an answer? Yeah. That doesn't stay. oh, we think that it takes too much time. Older, you know?
0: You asked the question, um, when people have an issue, where can I go? Now, in this scenario, dealing with the younger generation, the older generation is going to ask that same question, like, where can I go? Speaking of where can I go, in the near future, I will be offering ad space on the podcast that can range from 30 to 60 seconds. I will be giving out uh, a package, a detailed package of how much um, it would cost and what it would actually include. And I think local vendors and entrepreneurs and people who are seeking to expand their brand would be very interested in this. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. But those of you who would like to um, inform a different audience of your services. Stay tuned for more details concerning an opportunity to spread and to inform others of what you're capable of doing so again continue to listen to episode 51 of the glory in our stories having the the elders and it's funny because the elders in my church weren't really that much older they were like at the time 40 50 so I mean it wasn't we didn't have anybody that was to the point where like they were they needed assistance
2: <laughs>
0: but they we did have those moments where people would just express how they felt express the, the, the um the blessings that they received. It varied from like one minute and you had those people that were long winded. They you talk, just keep talking and talking. <laughs> yeah. And but they the pastor created an environment. The congregation created an environment where somebody could do that. Have that freedom.
1: That strong pastor voice. Yeah. I've been to churches all right now, God bless you. <laughs> Give us our <laughs> mic back <bang. laughs> Um, I haven't been to a church where I felt like It had a strong voice of a pastor
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's almost like the pastor preaches And everybody around it Runs the service And his mm-hmm. appointments and his schedule
2: Yeah.
1: The pastor fixing the door knob on the door That good old in in that touch That pastor touch I know I can always go by the church And I see him early on Wednesday before a Bible study, so just a disconnect mm. um, That I grew up with Maybe I need to write a story about the old church
0: and that would be interesting
1: old church from a character view So that maybe if can't nobody find that place they can at least read the book and see how it's supposed
2: to be
1: <laughs> back in the day yeah, Everyone with that structure could probably tell you the same story Mm -hmm. or it sound
2: familiar
1: Yeah. the kids growing up could they could their story sound the same familiar no Mm
0: -hmm. I don't think so speaking of stories uh, I guess I make this I always like asking this question because I'm just always curious everybody's answer is always different Mm -hmm. Um, but from as far back as you can remember up until now what would you say is the glory in your story?
1: The wisdom from the experiences.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, everyone would say you get wiser the more you go through. Yeah, and it's true. And it's it only matters if you apply it to your life. And I can say that everything that I have experienced. I have taken what I learned and I could apply it today, yeah, and that's in reference to what I said in the beginning, I'm at a standstill. How do I take everything that I have learned in my life and make the next move? It doesn't make sense to be financially irresponsible, and I see my mother do it growing up yeah. and where it got us, her learning how to budget and finance and I make I you know make the same mistake she did. How could I do something different so that my son can see different? It doesn't make sense for me to see relationships failed or ignoring red flags and then I grow up and do the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to do that. So out of all that I have learned and went through, what I know now I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm not a person that has to be told twice. I've never been a person where I'm just going to do it and I'll find out on my own
0: yeah
1: I can look at someone else and say that didn't work for her I'm not going to do it for me yeah the wisdom because I can share it my siblings that are growing up I have a 14 year old sister my youngest sibling is (laughs) 8 so I feel like I have a lot to pass on yeah a lot. So, praying, I learned how to pray at a young age. Hearing gunshots in the neighborhood, all you could do is pray. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's Lord, don't let that bully come into my window.
2: Yeah.
1: I know that I learned to pray at a young age for myself. Yeah. Um, like I said, financial hardships that my mother went through, I know not to go that way relationships that failed for her, I know not to do that. Mm -hmm. And all the while, I am still falling (laughs) on my own and get back up, Uh, but I wouldn't trade what I have learned and I am able to apply to make my life better. My, My story produced a lot of wisdom. And I would be foolish not to apply it today.
2: Yeah.
1: So that my son's story can be a lot different than mine's. The moves that I make, his story could be similar to mine's. I could be irresponsible with my money. I could end up in a bad neighborhood. He could hear gunshots outside his window. It's just that that easy. But why not take what I know and apply it? That means doing something that I might not be able to say, Mom, can you help me do this? Because she doesn't know. She never did it for herself. And that's what I want. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that I have done. Currently, I'm in college. My mom never went. I can't really go to her and say, Can you show me how to write this paper in APA style? (laughs) She doesn't know, and that's okay. Because I know I'm doing something different. That's the wisdom that I'm applying. I need to get the certificate so that I can go to get a better job and not settle. So, the wisdom to know that doing something different is doing something better. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you allowing for this platform. Oh, yeah. Um, This may be the only time someone can hear my story. (laughs) 30 years from now. They might have to reach back and say "Call you said that. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate the opportunity. Um and I I have had some revelation here talking to you. So I'm grateful for that.
0: Well, thank you for allowing me to capture this. And um it's probably something your son will hear. Yes. One day and um, I hope so. That's pretty cool. Love you, Sunny. <laughs> but uh, thank you ma'am for your time thank you and um, for your wisdom a lot of things you said really hit home for me and um, things that I yeah. never really thought about and that's one thing I love about this yes. is that listening yeah. to you all I always learn something different every single time and it's like a huge eye opener. so I really appreciate that
1: and your children are going to eat that up it's yeah. your stories
0: uh, I hope so <laughs> that way they could Realize they're not the only ones in the universe. Mm -hmm. I really want them to understand. It's other people. It's other lives. One thing, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. I think it's... G-Eazy? I think that's his name. He's a rapper. Mm -hmm. He was looking out. He was overseas and he was performing at this huge event. Mm -hmm. And he looked out at the city and he said, Yo, that's like two million people here. Mm-hmm. that's two million different stories. I'm like, Damn, I never thought of it. Like, two million different stories. And I was, never really thought of it that way. So, And that's
1: why we need testimonial service.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you good. can you
1: imagine if you just brought up ten people, how maybe ten thousand would have heard those ten stories and it w- that would have changed their life.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, um, uh, for those of you who are listening, this is episode 51 of The Glory in Our Stories with Kiara Dine.